Well, I learned something new today. I don't know if you guys learned something new today or not, but I had never heard that story about bummer sheep. I know some sheep that are bummer, but that's another whole problem, and no one here, just so you know. That's, that's another church, another place that's not here, but that was interesting, Joe. Thank you for, for sharing that and appreciate that, but bummer sheep. I like that. I like that. I may, may use that at some point down the road, but that's not this morning, right? As we've continued on here through the season, we've been working through Advent and the themes of Advent, and so... Um, Anyone remember what the first week that we did in this series? Hope. Hope, man. It's only been a couple of weeks, folks. It's not been that bad, you know. Hope. Remember, we, we used an acrostic, right, when we were doing hope, right? The H stood for Holy Spirit. Someone was, good job, Don. Oh, you got notes. That's all right. I don't mind it. You can take notes. It's good, right? O stands for others. P stands for Purpose. Good job, Franny. I knew I could count on you. Purpose. And E for? Everlasting life. Eternal life. Either one of those works with the E. Uh, and then we did faith. Yeah. Some of you weren't here. Yeah, all right. Yeah, if you're visiting, you get a, you get a buy, but um, somewhat. Faith, right? Faith, we didn't do an acrostic, but faith we talked about from Hebrews' perspective, right? About our faith and how we're surrounded by a great cr- cloud of watch out of witnesses, or cloud of witnesses, either way, uh, that works, right? But people watching over, and we also looked at how God wants to use just ordinary people, right? They, they weren't the best of the best, but they, God used them and showed their faithfulness, and they're listed in the Bible as heroes of the faith. And then last week, we talked about Jay, right? All right, Kim, see if we can do this again, right? <laughs> right, yeah, right? She, she was amazed that I could do that and not fall down, and you know, that's about as graceful as I can be. But J stood for? Jesus. Jesus. Come on, it's always the right answer. You can, J is pretty much always going to be Jesus. I'm not sure where else you would use that. O stood for? Others. others. That was another theme, right? Others. That's important, right? And Y stood for? You. you. And we talked about the priority in life, right? Uh, to help us keep perspective, fixing our eyes on Jesus, and then on others, and then ourselves last, you know, as far as looking out and interacting, uh, that order helps us, helps us live at peace and stay uh, in harmony with one another, and it brings unity. We studied uh, Philippians chapter 4, that famous passage. Well, this morning, again, we're doing love, um, but we're going to look at it a little bit differently. I'm not doing an acrostic. I'm not that good. I told you that. I can only do that so often, and with shorter words, it works well. But we're going to look at love. We're going to look at John 3.16. And uh, Emily, you did a great job. I don't know how you did it. Because I, I, you know what? <laughs> you, you remember that verse, right? I, I know Emily was raised in the church like me. And, and again, that's one of those verses you get taught at a young age, right? In fact, I don't even know if I can say it in the, the NIV or ESV. I pretty much always slide back to King James, right? You know, whosoever, you know, all those, those thus and the. Again, but it's... It's just from that memory, right? Right, those, those, that memory from when you're a child and you memorize it. But it's one of those most widely used verses, right? And again, the reason that we teach our children that is because it's a good reminder. And so we're going to look at that a little bit more in depth this morning. I'm going to go beyond that a little bit. But for this morning's purposes, that verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Did it. I focused on it. I was able to do it. Hopefully that matched up there, right? But it starts off with God's love, right? God is the, the base for love. We, don't, we can't even have an understanding of love or even a concept of love without looking at God first, right? And, and God's love is perfect. God's love is complete. It's without sin. It's without any other of the world's diminishes, right? And again, he loved the whole world. Again, if we look at other scriptures and we look back to the Bible, we see that the world is an enemy of God, right? There, it's not, it's not a, a reciprocal relationship. And God wasn't contingent upon us, right? It was nothing that we did. It was his love. And he saw us in that state, and yet, even in that state, he loved us so much that he sent his son. The real reason we're celebrating Christmas, right? The sending of his son which we needed. What, what great love is that, right? right? Sacrificial love. The ultimate sacrifice, right? That, again, that's Easter message, but again, we, we're looking towards that, right? That one doesn't happen with before, the, one happens before the other, but it doesn't happen without the other, right? And then I love the simplicity. You can use this verse quite often for sharing the gospel, but the simplicity of it, who believes in him, Right? Accepting what he did, trusting what he did, realizing what he did, that love. It says, because of that, you can have eternal life. Again, we know from other passages, right? Jesus is the only way for eternal life in heaven with him. And so that's that great love, that overarching love that God has for us. That love that we don't deserve but have been freely given. It's hard for me to even wrap my mind around the fact that that he would do that and to think of heaven and to think of him coming here and restricting himself to be our Savior and what he had to go through for you, for me, for all of us. We all have that opportunity. There's no greater love than that. Going to shift gears a little bit. Now, that love, love again, it's with all these, it's hard to do that in a small sermon and it's hard to, to even encompass all that love means. But love has some hardships to it, love has some action to it. And so, in order to do that this morning, we're going to flip over to a familiar passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and spend a little bit of time there because, again, love is hard to. To picture it, right? And like I said, it has to be put into action, right? Uh, you can tell someone that you love them, right? But if your actions don't line up with those words, they're pretty empty, they're pretty hollow. They kind of just hit the floor, as I like to say. They don't, they don't mean anything. Love has to be shown, and it's, you know, it's not a, a one and done, right? I can't just do it once, and then we're all set, right? You know I love you. I you know, I did this for you 10 years ago. You that are married, try that. It doesn't work very well at all, <laughs> right? It's a continuation. Interestingly enough, I always run through this with marriages, and I use it for crisis counseling or premarital counseling, and again, it, it works in marriage, but really, in the context of this passage, it's meant for brothers and sisters in Christ. It's for you and me. It's how we interact with each other. 
Right? It's not restricted to marriage by any means. In fact, it goes beyond that. It's how we are to act to people. And so that puts a little more onus, right? Because, again, when we're in a relationship, in a marriage relationship, or that love relationship, it should be a little bit easier, right? Or we, we see each other all the time. But now to put it into practice, into a relationship that we only see once in a while, and, again, things happen between us, and so putting that love into action here can be more difficult. So what does love look like? What are some of the, the things that we have to do in order to show our love? Well, the first one is easy. Love is patient, right? Easy to say, hard to do, right? Isn't it hard to be patient with people, right? Especially in today's world, I think, because we want everything now. We want it on our time, right? And uh, PJ reminded me of this a few weeks ago, and I'm not picking on her at all. It was a good reminder. But when we get frustrated with someone, right, or we get impatient with them, right, it's because I want my way ahead of theirs. I can't wait. You know, and we can make fun of it. I mean, I got stuck at the train crossing this morning, and I was like, all right. I was already running a few minutes late. And, uh, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it, it didn't matter. I mean, that, that's a couple of minutes I had to wait. That's something simple, though. That's a, a train going by, and it could rob my peace. But how about in relationship? How about with people? Right? When something doesn't go right with that person, or they disappoint us, are we patient with them? It's tough. It's tough stuff sometimes, right, to be patient. That's only one. Look at the next one. Love is kind. Right? Love is kind. Being kind. And again, that's that doing kind things. I'll only speak for me. I won't speak for anyone else here. But sometimes it's hard to be kind because I don't even, I'm focused on my own things or what I'm trying to accomplish, and I'm not always kind. My words are not always kind. I think I shared with you last week that I'm reading a book on gentleness, and I'm only a few chapters in, and it's already starting to hit me like I'm not always gentle, and that would be, work well with kindness as well, right? how we speak to one another, our actions, how we interact. Um, are we being kind? Acts of kindness. And like I said, these are not one and done. Next couple ones go together here. It goes, love is not, does not envy, love does not boast, love is not proud, right? If I look back, one of the things that get in the way of my love or from loving someone is my own pride, Right? It's me first, right? Or I think I have a right, a right over someone else. That's not loving them, right? Listening them out, hearing them and their perspective sometimes. I think of it in conversations because that's how we communicate, but it's also in just our actions as well, right? Boasting in those things or being prideful is something that is at the root of a lot of our discontentment or breaks unity among Believers and among any relationship. All right, I won't stay there too long. This is not a whole section on this, but again, it's a reminder and a reminder for us. But it, uh, it says, love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seek. Have you ever been in those conversations, right? Doesn't put me ahead of someone else, that, that one-upping. Have you ever been in those conversations with someone, you know, and, and you share something that's really good, something that just happened to you, 
And all of a sudden, they, they tell you, well, they, they did it better, or they were, that was nothing to them. Right? They're, they're putting themselves in front of you. I was harking back to those verses that, you know, we should rejoice with those who are rejoicing, right? Not stepping over them or putting ourselves ahead of them. It's a good reminder, right? It doesn't dishonor. It, it gives them credit, gives them a place, treats them with respect. It's another way of putting those same words, right? Love is not self-seeking, right? Manipulation. I go right to that right there, right? It's not manipulating someone, right? I'll love you if you love me. Or I love you in order to get something. Why, it's gotten really quiet in here. I don't know. I guess I'm not the only one that has to work at loving, right? So true. And again, we take that back to God's love for us, and it doesn't have any of these things. It's abundant over all of them. Love is not easily angered. It's not easily angered, right? You ever run into that person that's that, that hair trigger? They're just waiting to explode or on edge? Yeah. Guilty. I find myself at that point, right? And it's usually when I'm, I can come up with all the excuses, but they're not, they're not valid, right? They're, they're just excuses. I'm hurried, I'm tired. Got a lot going on. Busyness. Don mentioned that this morning, the busyness, right? Can become easily angered. Doesn't take much to push me over the edge. This next one here is, uh, is, a, is, a, is another tough one. Love keeps no record of wrong. Doesn't keep a list, right? We, we build the, said this, when you get in conflict, it's amazing how many of us become lawyers, right? We, we build the case pretty quick. And some of you know exactly, right? And it's amazing how good our memory becomes too, right? Yeah. I remember 10 years ago and you did the same thing and we just go right down to the list and we start building the case. I've been in those battles and I'm, I'm like I said, the same way I can build the case and it's amazing. I'll just keep throwing things in there hoping that something's going to stick, right? Something's going to help me win this argument. Again, when I get in that mode, I am way away from love. Also, the danger in that is we tend to, when we keep records wrong, is we didn't really forgive that person. And I have a, it reveals that, brings that to light again. Peach and I have a term that we learned somewhere about walking in forgiveness, right? That's a good tale. If we, we're not walking in forgiveness if we want to bring back that old offense. So keeping records of wrong is not part of love. Keeping short accounts is. All right, there's a lot in here. It's amazing they're in these verses. I know we went over this when we did our series back in Corinthians a while ago, so hopefully this reminds you back to your study. But love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. This will go with the next section about life and light, right? But Delighting in truth, right? Those things that are true, those things that are good. Touched on a little bit last week in Philippians, right? We're to set our minds on those things, whatever noble, whatever is true, what is admirable. Remember the list in Philippians chapter 4 there, right? Should rejoice in those things, but not in evil, right? Again, uh, love is not rejoicing that someone takes a fall. 
be careful with that. You know, sometimes we, we see in, in our minds justice is finally served. And again, we're, what we're really doing is we're not loving that person. We're setting ourselves above them. There's a lot of tendencies that we can kind of step on them in order to get to a place where we feel better about ourselves. Kind of all wraps into that. And again, standing for truth is important. That's part of loving I also think in conversations, right? Telling the truth, but we tell the truth in love. Uh, and as hard as that is sometimes, as it is to hear that truth, we need that. And if I really love you and I see something that's going in your life that's going wrong, if I don't say it, that's not really loving you, is it? Sometimes we need to have that hard conversation. I do, do a little bit of coaching on that, and sometimes it's, it's, it's telling that truth in love but doing it for risk. There's risk of it, but there's a risk involved. People want to do it without the risk, but there is risk. There's risk in conflict. There's risk in losing relationship. That is part of it. But you know what? If I love them, to let them continue on in that path that's not loving them. It's just the opposite. So sometimes we need to speak those hard words, those hard truths. Another whole teaching on that, but it's all part of that love. Love always protects Love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres, love never fails, right? Love is that binder, love is that covering, it's how we can stay in relationship, and that's how we can be all right with each other, and that's how we can, can grow in our relationship, is relying on it, and sometimes backing on to that love, right? I always say we need to remember that we love that person, Right? Even though they may not be doing something to us at the moment that's not loving or it hurts us a little bit. Hey, they love me. They're not trying to hurt me. Or even if they are trying to hurt me, I still love them and I got to work through that. Right? It always hopes for that reconciliation. Hopes that it's going to come back around. It's going to persevere. So there's a lot in that love. And that's kind of the, the first point and the main point of the theme of this is love this morning. Now, I don't do this often to you, but I want to flip back to John chapter 3. So we're going to go back there. The guys will do it for you in that regards. Because there's more than just God's love for us, and there's more than just the love that we have for each other. There's life in this. And even the end of John 3.16 talks about eternal life. And even as we've just been talking about loving each other, there's life in that. There's life that is full, it's, or better, because we love each other. And, and when we do it correctly, it's a beautiful thing. It makes not only this life, but it has benefits to, or it gives us a little bit more. But here in John 3, 17, it kind of gives us a little bit more of the purpose, right? Tell us why he did it. Now here's the purpose. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Certainly Jesus could have come very easily and been the judge, the ruler, game over, that's done, you're doing it wrong, and that's it. Called an end to it. But that wasn't his purpose. Came as a means to give us life, eternal life with him. He had to sacrifice his own life in order to do that, but that's what he was willing to do for us. 
reiterates in verse 18. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God, of the God, God's one and only Son. Right? Like I said, Jesus is the only way. God sent his one and only Son. Despite what's out there, there's not all roads lead to heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ and what he did. I love how though he, he opened it up for all of us. We all have that opportunity, right? Because we were all condemned from the beginning. We were already destined as sin creatures. But yet he provides a way for us to have eternal life. Kind of goes lawyer here, and it's kind of good. And so that reminder again, we're talking about the law and con- condemnation. And again, the law certainly in that time was was what they used to to show everyone their wrongs, and, and the, does the same thing today. We can go through the law and see that. Yet we know we're already sinners. But his purpose was to save us from that. We we'll talk about the life, that eternal life. Verse 19, we'll talk about the light now, kind of shifting gears. Love, life, and light. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Right? Jesus came in and he, he shown that light, right? He shown, it came as the light. He revealed what was in people's hearts, Right? The law couldn't do that. The law just was the rules, and the law certainly showed us those things, but those sins in our lives. But then the sacrifices, the, the daily sacrifices, weren't doing it anymore. In fact, they perverted the law, and they took it to extreme measures. Jesus fought that throughout his whole ministry, right? The Pharisees, Sadducees, we, we've studied that many times, how they were just waiting to try to trip him up with one of the laws to discredit him. The law didn't save them, but Jesus does. In fact, Jesus always went beyond that. I always love that example, right? You had the letter of the law, but Jesus always talked about the heart, right? The heart of the law. You look with your eye with lust, you've already committed adultery. Anger, you've already killed, right? He went way beyond that. Because again, he's talking about a heart condition, So he says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear they, that their deeds will be exposed. Right? When Jesus is working on our hearts and when he's doing that work, right, things get exposed. They come to the surface. You can see that even in, in our common day, right? I used to, to work as a police chaplain. I used to always enjoy, and I always used to, I even asked them that, and I've heard this many times, that reason there's not as many officers during the day as there is at night, there's less crime during the day when it's light out. Most crime, believe it or not, happens at night or over, the overnight when there's less people, right? And it comes under the cover of darkness, so the police forces put on more officers during those times because they're, they're more needed. But during the daytime, there's, there's very little larger crimes are used, right? Because there's, there's more light. It's easy to be seen, easy to be caught. 
Well, it's no different in our own lives, right? Sometimes when, when light shines or someone reveals or you're cut to the heart because God's revealed something to you or someone's even told you, hey, this needs to change. We talked about loving them and telling the truth. This kind of lends to that. It gets exposed, right? We don't like it. It's hard. It's hard to deal with. It's ugly, right? Dealing with sin is not pretty. But Jesus gives us that. He exposes that. And again, in a loving way for our betterment because we need to. It's for our help and for our growth. Verse 21, as we're wrapping this up this morning, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Saying once you do that, and once you do that hard work, and once God's continued that, you can come out. It's no longer something you're ashamed of anymore. It's something you can walk in, that, that light. I used to be this way, but now I'm changed. I used to live one way, but now I live as a new creation. Right? You can walk in truth. It's always a it's great to see. It's why we love testimonies, right? We love to see when someone's come from a, a dark place and now they're into light and they're, they're growing and they're, they're doing well, right? It's no longer part of them. They, it's something that happened in their past, but now they're in the present. They're new. They're, they've leaned to They almost shine if you watch them. And so I love listening to those testimonies. Sometimes you have the big ones, but what about the, the little ones? If you've been walking with the Lord, sometimes it, it's a little bit hard to see, but we have those little aha moments, don't we? Those little moments in our lives as well. And maybe it's just something, an issue that we've just, just started wrestling with, and it's, it's small in comparison, you would say, but yet God's shown you, and, and you grow, and you get past that. Those are to be celebrated as well, Right? You can walk in the light. God's done a work in this area in my life. Maybe it's back in one of those love things, right? Maybe, maybe I got patience and kind down, but I'm still working with keeping records of wrong. Or maybe a pride issue. Or maybe I don't have kindness down and I need to go back and work on that. Right? Or spend some more time in that. What does that mean? What does that look like? Or maybe I have that person that I'm really having a hard time to love. And how do I need to go back to them and set things straight? Or how can I show them that love? See, they're connected. They don't, they're not disjointed, but they all work together. And so this morning, as we looked at love, hopefully it's spurring some thought or some, especially this time of Christmas and the time of giving and time of celebration that gift of love you can give to those around you. And again, it costs a little bit, but it doesn't cost a lot financially. It costs more of time and of yourself. And again, it comes with the three things that we've talked about this morning, love, life, and light. And so that would be my prayer this morning is that we take some time out and that we just focus on that love, the love that God's given us and the love that we can give out to others. 
Gracious Heavenly Father, we just have so much to be thankful for. We're so thankful that you did love us, that you loved us enough to send your Son to die for our sins. And that you rose again, Lord, that we may have eternal life with you. Lord, I pray that we just hold on to that truth and that we are willing to share that with others, Lord, especially in this time, Lord, in this season that we're in. And Lord, we we ask that you would help us to love as you have loved us and that, Lord, that love translates to our lives, that we can love others. And that we can continue to love them. And Lord, I just ask that you would continue to to grow us in those areas in our lives that need to be changed. Lord, that you would help us in that. That you would grow us in that. Even if it means sending someone to speak truth into our lives. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you again for our Pointway family here and our, our time together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.